Well, we're going to win and we're going to help. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. The 2024 Republican presidential primary field is taking shape. The battle lines are becoming clearer, and so is the field of candidates. Is the odds-on favorites, if you look at the polling, still Trump versus Biden? That seems to be it, but it's just way too early to tell. I'm more angry now, and I'm more committed now than I ever was. Big challenge for these candidates is going to be how do they navigate Donald Trump? And, and how do they navigate Ron DeSantis? You and I have a rendezvous with death. Welcome back to a big week here on the Ruthless Variety program. Fellas, how we doing? Oh, can't cannot, cannot complain. This is great to be back. It really is. You guys have a good weekend? Great weekend. Great weekend. Um, I, I I have to say, Michael Duncan isn't here. We, we, we are missing here. we are missing somebody. Maybe we can remedy that. Let me let me uh, first say that at the top of the program, we have a great program and a great guest for you today. Chris LaSavita, who is the senior advisor for the Trump campaign, guy that we've known for a long time, very, very smart operative sort of at the, uh, the the top of the old totem pole over at the Trump campaign is, has come in and spent some time with us. Great interview. Great yeah, interview. No. Huge get. Yeah, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. But, but you're all wondering where Michael is. Frankly, we are too. And we're doing something that we haven't done here before on the Ruthless Variety. So I'm not, I'm not sure how it's going to work. But we're going to try. He's stuck at an airport at O'Hare. He was supposed to be here for the program. It was in Chicago. Yeah. And he was flying back through O'Hare, which as we all know. You don't want to be there. You don't want to do that. Uh, and he, he's had like a six hour delay. So he's got plenty of time to work up some madness. And he has absolutely no idea <laughs> that we're about to call him on the Ruthless Variety program. Uh, Wolf, let's see if we can make this happen. <laughs> this is so good. I got literally. <laughs> he's going to be so mad. And at O'Hare. <laughs> I feel like the jerky boy. If that bastard doesn't answer. Oh, he doesn't answer. Oh, come on. Come on. He's Michael. so angry he can't even answer. I'm going to leave him a message. I'm going to leave him a message. Please leave your name and number and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. At the tone. Please record your message. <laughs> I'm going to finish him. recording. You may hang up or press one for more options. Hi, Michael. Ruthless Variety Program here. Uh, we're just here to try to alleviate your travel needs. And we're going to take a look and see what we can do. If you wouldn't mind calling us back, uh, Smug, do you have anything to add that you'd like to help him with? It's disappointing. I, I wish you'd <laughs> care more about our audience and you should be here. <laughs> he's, he's calling back. Oh, he's calling back. Oh, oh he's calling back. Let's okay, let's get, him, let's get him in. Get him in. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, Michael. Uh, Ruthless Friday program here. Uh, just checking in on your travel needs. We were concerned because you have. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Lee, Lee, Lee. Try him again. Try again. Try again. We got to do it one more time. Let's see what he does. Oh, man. This is so <laughs> great. It's even better than expected. I'm leaving him another message. 
You're at O'Hare. Yeah, that's a tough spot. Six hours. Talk to your friends for crying out loud. Michael Duncan. Just leave your name and number, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hi, Michael. Uh, Ruthless Variety Program here. We must have been disconnected, unfortunately. I know that cell service can be a little bit spotty at O'Hare International Airport. Anyway, I wanted to see what your travel needs are and if there's any way we could be helpful for you. Uh, our audience is missing you today. And uh, Smugglesworth? I, I mean, if you hung up on purpose, then I understand why Ashbrook wouldn't buy you a drink at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> your friends just want to talk to you, Michael. Pick up. Pick up. Please talk to us. <laughs> Thank you, Wolf. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, that's a nice way to start the program. <laughs> I just got a message from Duncan. I am not going to do a call in. <laughs> God, I love that so much. Oh, my gosh. That's so terrific. <sighs> All right. So, uh, look, so we have a big show for you today. I think the thing that we need to start with is a story from Axios. A lot of people tweeted it out over the weekend because they thought it was just amazing. The level of water carrying that's going on for President Biden and his inability to articulate uh, English words. Mm. Yeah. And big, big it, problem. it made its way around conservative uh, universes quite a bit. The story is Biden's weird words. Hmm. It's his words. That's yeah, it's his words that are the issue. It's not the, the capacity. Uh, President Biden often uses old-timey expressions. <laughs> old-timey expressions. That confound even his own staff. That happened again Friday when he ended a speech on gun violence with God save the queen, man. <laughs> That's his problem. Just an old-timey thing. He just uses old-timey expressions. I think Lee has some audio in the bank of some of the other old-timey expressions that Biden uses. Like, do you remember when he read the teleprompter all the way through? Lee, do you have that one? It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. <laughs> are not That's without just... electoral and or political or, or maybe precise, not and or or political power. Just one of those old timey expressions. That's just old timey. You know, it's just a, it's like uh, the silent pictures you know, <laughs> yeah, back, in, just... back in those days. Just an old timey expression. I think there are more. Uh, Wolf, let's go to, to cut three. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's oh my Jackie? God! This I is. Think she, she was going to be here to help make this a reality. Just another old timey expression. That was when he introduced Jackie Wolarski, who had unfortunately passed away weeks earlier. Yeah, and he was recognized. Early and he was like, event. "Unfortunately, I don't think she's going to be here." Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure she can't make. Thank it. you, Joe. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's but old timey. But you know, it's old timey. When you think your friends will come back from the afterlife, just to show up for your <laughs> just Charlie Chaplin doing his thing. God, that's all it is. Uh, we got another one. If you want to go to cut four. Yeah, happy birthday, great president. Uh, we know uh, your mom's always with you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's timey to call Kamala president. Well, it's, you know, when you are president, you call your vice president a president. That's just old time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. Humphrey Bogart. It's just, you know, just the good old days. It's just words this generation cannot relate to, which is what Axios says that he's guilty of using. Well, honestly, I think this may be more of a, a, a modern thing. Can you cut six? Can we get that one? 
By the way, if they do, that means not a joke, everybody. That's why we were defeated in, in 2018 when they tried to do it. We went to 54 states. Oh, oh yeah. all 54. <laughs> 54. That was, that was back in the day when America had 54 yeah. states. 54. Well, that we've was, been losing states. We've been losing. Everybody knows that we've lost states. First we lost Pluto, then we got four states. Yeah, gone. yeah so it's old time. Down. Just Down the, the throwback to when we only had 50. Do we have one more? Do we have one more? More than half the women in my cabinet, more than more than half the people in my cabinet, more than half of the women in, the, in my administration are women. Oh. <laughs> At least more than half of the women are women. Well, that's old timey. <laughs> that's old timey. I mean, I can't imagine there's anything more old timey than that. It's just incredible when someone chooses to dismiss his obvious problems as something other than than what it is. It's like obviously the story is spin. Obviously, it's exactly what the White House people want everyone to read but nobody believes it well it's a bet the best part is like well even his own staff because they're young and vibrant right <laughs> they're like don't even understand like, oh it's old timing this this line is incredible it says even olivia dalton <laughs> the white house's principal deputy press secretary didn't know what her boss meant when he said god save the queen at the end of uh, when journalists asked, she replied only that, quote, he was commenting to someone in the crowd. Later, the White House didn't respond when Axios asked what Biden had meant. They're like, oh, yeah. Which is so... That's just old timey to, like, not want to talk about this very also, obvious issue. It's also hilarious that if you're a deputy press secretary, you're like, Jesus, I needed something to make yeah. up, right? Yeah. I mean, there's nobody in the crowd that was talking. It no was the way. president that was talking. So she's like, I don't know, it's somebody in the crowd, I guess. I don't know. I mean, oh, but God it's, it, it's it's ridiculous. It's like somebody's like, hey, this is old time. He's using these old phrases. Talk to the deputy press secretary. And she's like, mm, yep, definitely old timey. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, she works for him. But Bob, by the way, is if that's like somehow uh, like beats the rap. Right. right? I didn't like, even know what he meant. Well, well that's like, how I don't know what he means because he's 117 years old. <laughs> that's that's the thing is like. You know things are bad when you you'd rather highlight that he's incredibly old rather than he's completely lost his mind. <laughs> so so this is where but this is where this thing turns and this is where the Ruthless Variety program always has our most fun. Biden's quirky aphorisms are sometimes weaponized mm. by Republicans to insinuate the 80-year-old president is in mental decline. Oh, yeah. How, how dare we? Republicans are pouncing. They're pouncing and weaponizing. <laughs> Using his terms as a cudgel against, <laughs> against the president of the United States. I mean, it's just so true. But Biden has been using unique phrases for years. Yeah, right. Even some of his aid, aides don't know exactly what he means by them. I mean, that is, okay, all right wandering into a mental institution and asking the nurse, like if somebody, you understand everything that your patient is going through and they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. And then you're like, well, that's just old timey. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. That's just old timey. He's been saying crazy things for years. I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't have been vice president. What, what it's called is consistency, John. <laughs> there is a consistent roadmap that this president has laid down of insanity. Oh, I just couldn't get enough of this story i really couldn't it, it it's like uh, they pull out all kinds of things that help support the thesis that he's basically uh just using old timey phrases but we've let our show as john pointed out uh last week we've let our show like 200 times with the insanity this guy said and like <laughs> those aren't humphrey bogart sayings no. right i mean no. this is just the man has lost his place 
he doesn't even know where he's going. And like the things that they can't say is when he walks off stage the wrong direction or he trips or he does anything that is completely in line with the guy who's a little bit too old to be the leader of the free world. Yeah. And I mean, the, the excuses that the press makes today and the excuses that we all know they're going to make over the next 18 months yeah. are going to be worth watching. Well, well worth, well worth watching. The one space where I'm willing to give him some credit uh, when he did the Lursky thing, mm -hmm. long history of doing things like that from the podium. Oh, yeah. Stand up, Chuck. Stand up, Chuck. Yeah. If you have not Googled the YouTube of stand up, Chuck, you need to do this. When Biden was vice, pre vice president, right? Or was it on the campaign trail in 2008? Yeah, yeah, it might have been. the Yeah. It was one of the two. He's got a crowd in front of him and he's recognizing people in the crowd. And then he gets to this guy, Chuck that is like a, a, a war hero. And he's like, uh, and Chuck, hey, stand up, Chuck. And Ch Chuck can't walk. I forget <laughs> if Chuck didn't have legs or if Chuck was a paraplegic, but Chuck was in a wheelchair and he's in the front row. And he's and Biden says, stand up, Chuck. And then he sees Chuck and he's like, oh, oh, God, love you. It's unbelievable. But there, so so that a, may not be a decline. That may just be who he is. There's a big difference between putting your foot in your mouth and thinking America has 54 states when you're the president of the country. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, totally. And, and I think that. You know, he has been someone who has the tendency to put his foot in his mouth for his entire career. But I, it is, you know, obviously his deputy press secretary is using the two things and blending them together and hoping nobody notices the difference. Mm -hmm. 200 shows later, I feel like the variety program has made it plain as day that <laughs> President Joe Biden is not the man he once was. It is unbelievable. And, and the amount of, of time that people spend trying to, like, explain away this whole thing. It just strikes me. I mean, honestly, it's kind of becoming a common theme for the Dems. It, it, well, it is. You're right. You're right. Because a perfect example of that was over the weekend mm -hmm. when he did a Pennsylvania rally. And if you want to know what the perfect encapsulation of our moment in time in democratic politics looks and sounds like, let me give you cut one. And now... I'm standing next to the president again, next to a, a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the, the governor and the, the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick, fast as well, too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah. And then on top of that, uh, the, the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the inflation. Uh, bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this all across the America getting rebuilt. Okay. Why do, why do they do that? Why did Democrats That's the thing. do this? That's the thing is like we were told this is the thing is, you know, the campaign that that the Fetterman campaign told us, oh, well, you know, just in a few months will be normal. Like, get off them. They said, this is no different than using a hearing That's aid. That's the point. It was just a massive lie to That's voters. the point. And the press was like, I agree. How dare you people point out that this individual may be incapable? 
And that's what's happening here. Like the point that you just raised is the point. Everybody who sort of like criticizes or can't believe that Fetterman is as incapable of doing his job as senator, everyone who puts in a, in a, a category of people who are like, he's recovering from a stroke, you clown. Like how, how could you make fun of that? We're not make fun of that. Like every single person who is a recovering stroke victim is absolutely entitled to complete deference in terms of what their recovery looks like. That's not the issue. The issue is that you had a cottage industry yep. of the entire corporate media assuring the people of Pennsylvania in election season that this was not a serious thing. Yeah, the campaign, they're like, the campaign said that, you know, in a few months, he's going to be back to completely normal. You, you, you all need to stop discussing this. And the press ran with it. They said, yeah, of course okay, ran, of that course sounds great. Totally. And, 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 and here's the thing. Now they have him in Pennsylvania introducing Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you, that is the perfect encapsulation of today's Democratic Party in a nutshell. They, it's not, not as much that they can do everything against your best interests on a day-to-day -day basis. They need to throw it in your face. Yep by showing you that they actually don't care yep. that they that they will tell you that what you're hearing makes a load of sense and that these people who are standing before you are somehow champions of what you believe in mm -hmm. like they've told us that th th these people aren't champions of their own cognitive ability that's the thing is you know we were told i cannot stress it enough by the campaign in a few months he'll be back to normal it's abundantly clear that's not the situation. It's not. It's abundantly clear that he has not recovered and very clearly does not have the capability to do his job. He was in the hospital for, for how long? How long? A whole campaign. While, but while as a senator as well. He's in un, he can't do the job. It's cruel to him to start with. Totally. And, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the amount that his wife has capitalized on this of like, right. you know, attacking anyone who says that he's not capable of being a United States senator, which has become abundantly clear. However, like when he checks into the hospital, she just grabs the kids, goes to Canada. Like he does not have a support structure around him. This is tragic. Can we start with the fact that the president of the United States showed up in his hometown to deliver a speech and he greets him in gym shorts and a hoodie. Yeah, like yeah, that, put put on a shirt and tie. I mean, think I'm about the number about. of people in this country who put on a shirt and tie to go to work. They don't want to do it. They, they no, nobody's like, oh man, I can't wait to put on a tie again for this Monday morning meeting. I don't want to go. Nobody to. wants but to they do that. Do it. Show some respect to the people that you're around and put on a tie. Just put have, on a jacket. It doesn't make you look like you're more normal, part of the regular people who don't wear like. Put on a tie, dude. Just do it. They Look, there are hundreds of thousands of people around this country that are made to wear uniforms when right. they go work. Right. Right? And they do and it. they got their name right on their side. Do they want to wear that shirt? No, no. They don't. They do it because it's their job. When you are a United States senator and you're greeting the president of the United States, you have, have some fucking respect for the office. Right. Like, I, I just, I can't, I can't get over this. And I know people have, like, criticized that view about like oh it's an antiquated view of you know people should be able to wear whatever they want nope. no it's not it we are a country that demands respect mm -hmm. and in order to demand respect from others 
externally, internationally, as well as domestically, you need to look the part. Right. You need to show up and do your job and look the part. And I'm not saying you need to wear a wig and you need to go throw like the old ascot on, but you need to do whatever the modern standard is of showing due deference and respect for the presidency of the United States. And this clown shows up in a hoodie. Well, I mean, come on. The man. other thing we know is that if he were a Republican, there's no way everybody would be making excuses oh, no. for him. Like, oh, this is just who he is. Maybe we should rethink the coat and tie. If he were a Republican showing up in a hoodie and gym shorts, people that, you know, the press would just be apoplectic. The problem that we have is we have too little respect for things. It's not that we have too much respect. So we have too little respect. The people show up in the airport in pajamas and no shoes and they're walking around on everybody else's business it, it like have some respect well i think that's a great point and i think part of the issue here is the utter lack of respect for voters when you allow fetterman to represent the state of pennsylvania in the united states senate because it's uh, it's it, it, so obvious everyone knows he is not the best most capable person to do the job he is not even functionally capable person to do the job of being a United States Senator who can handle all the interests of the people of Pennsylvania. It's, it's abundantly clear. Abundantly and it's, clear. It's, it's, it's insulting to them. And again, it's cruel to Fetterman himself. The guy needs to be focused only on recovery. And you know what? I might feel differently if there was one thing, just one thing in his eight month tenure or whatever it is, seven month tenure that he's got so far. If he thought outside of the square of establishment democratic vote. Yep. If there was just one thing where he was like, you know what? I can meet Republicans halfway on this because it's good for my constituency. Mm -hmm. He can't do it. Mm -hmm. He's not even interested in that concept. Now we knew he wasn't pre-stroke mm -hmm. interested in that concept, but I'd be willing to give him the benefit of the doubt if he's just somebody who's like, I'm thinking for my own, I'm alive yet six year term, mm -hmm. I'm going to do my own thing. He doesn't. Well, look at what J.D. Vance is doing with this rail safety stuff. I mean, he's working with Democrats, Sherrod Brown, he's working with Democrats in Pennsylvania and all over to try to like solve some of the problems that led to this East And every, we were led to believe that J.D. Vance was some right wing lunatic who right. was like this partisan whatever right. who couldn't possibly meet a Democrat halfway on anything. Right. And now here you have a guy who's in the old standards of the Senate working with Democrats to try to come up with a solution that actually prevents this, a similar problem from happening in the future. Like, where is where is Fetterman on something like that? He just doesn't have anything because he's incapable. It's not, it, but it also shows you, you can be entirely incapable as an individual and be a rank-and-file Democrat in this country. Mm. I mean, hell, we have one in the White House. It, well, seriously. Uh, well, seriously. Great point. Uh, it, boys, uh, killer whales. This is some amazing animal news I wanted to get into. Yeah. I mean, so The Atlantic got into this, the magazine The Atlantic, which is not typically a place that challenges the left. Uh, but they say the, that uh, killer whales are not our friends. That's the mm. thing is, you I'm would think that's not a controversial stance. At this point. The animal known to be a killer in its name, killer whales, <laughs> right. are yeah. not our friends. And this is The Atlantic. It's not the N National Review. Yeah. So so The Atlantic says the, the killer whales are not our friends. That was the he headline. Outrage. Outrage yep. for the left. Yep. Where they were like, how dare you? How dare you not side with the animals who are in packs trying to murder humans? So did, did you get, did you see how the killer whales responded to this piece? They sunk another boat? No, they hired a press secretary. 
The Washington Post just this morning no, had a, an opinion piece. Had an opinion piece. Let me read you the headline. Why are orcas, so the killer whales had their press secretary change the term to orca. Yeah, so of that course. They want to be a killer. Pretend like they're not, they don't have teeth. Yeah. Why are orcas attacking boats? Pretending like they don't have teeth. Hint. Hint. <laughs> this is in the headline. Hint. It's not a war on humans. Oh. Mm-hmm. We all know the truth. What do we, you think about that? We all know that animals are coming for us. Yeah. We all know that you got to be ready. We all know that there's a dog who killed its owner, a hog who killed its butcher. We know that there are monkeys throwing toddlers off of roofs in Asia. Yeah. And you have killer whales now attacking boats randomly. Well, sinking them all over the place. It's outrageous. And there's this woman named Nina Turner. I don't know if you're familiar with oh, her. Oh, is she's, it the chick? She's like a left-wing she, influencer. She, yeah, like a Bernie. Yeah. She ran for Congress and lost in a primary. Am I correct? That's right. That's okay. right. And she is saying, like, why would we care about an, uh, a boat over an animal? Like, <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm, excuse me. What about the people in the boat? Yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to just let the let these killer whales sink the boat and eat the people so that we can satisfy your lib bloodthirsty lust for like animals uh, dominating. Uh, again, us? this is this is like part and parcel with the whole climate death cult thing of like, oh no, it's our fault. We deserve this. We should all suffer. <laughs> Because theoretically, this will help these animals named killer whales. You know, like uh, there, there was another headline this weekend of like a forest fire, which, you know, we'd been being lectured was because of climate change. Yeah. They caught the arsonist. <laughs> so yeah. this is yet another example. Like I've, all roads lead to this insane anti-human stance that that's hate, been completely embraced people. by the left. Let me they just say, people. I think the front lines here are the killer whales. Yeah. They used to be like last year. I think that Hank was the front line. Mm-hmm. I think the front line might be the killer whale. And let me just suggest that until we turn all of these whales into lamp oil, yeah. I think we've got a real danger mm-hmm. on our hands here, fellas. It's a renewable resource. And can I just can I just say one more thing? I know we need to move on to a, another topic, but there was a woman who was a trainer at SeaWorld who was killed by one of these things. Shamu. Was killed by one of these things. And... It, it it apparently severed her spine and tore off her scalp. And now what – there was no documentary made about her. Yeah. There was nobody who like she, – she's just a trainer. You know, she's working an hourly wage trying to make these fish jump so that people can clap and have a little bit of joy and then go back to their life. Didn't Michael stand up for – can we get Mike, him back on the line? Let's try one more time. Let's see if we can get – I think Michael, last yes, time we had this discussion – Michael stood up for... Michael's on the side of the killer whale. The the killer whale. And my my impression, at least, and maybe we'll find out now that he's got a, a different opinion. My impression was that because we kept it in captivity, that was the real crime here. I think that's what... It, that's In his mind, that was the offense. But that's a situation where this girl got got hurt. Let's hope. Let's hope that he answers this because I, I need some answers on that. She was killed. Murdered. I... <sighs> Come on, Michael. I can't believe he's ignoring us. As if there's well, he, anything better to do in O'Hare. Oh, you reached Michael Duncan. Okay, we're leaving him another message. He knows he doesn't have an him. argument. He doesn't have an argument. We're leaving him another one. At the tone, please record your yada, message. Yada, yada, yada. Come on. When you have finished recording, you may hang He doesn't have an argument. That's why he's not answering. Michael, Ruthless Variety Program here. Uh, we were just discussing uh, killer whales. And we thought that it was your position several weeks ago when we talked about this, that the real crime 
in the whales attacking humans were that we kept them in captivity. I'm certain that that's a mistake. Michael, you haven't considered the story of the trainer who was killed by these murderous thugs. I mean, they broke her spine. They are. They're murderous thugs of the sea. Right. I, I, I think we... I hope we haven't mischaracterized his position, but we'd be eager to hear back from you uh, available here for the next few minutes. Thanks so much. Yeah. You know what? uh, Specifically on the trainer, (laughs) one thing that comes to mind on that is it's kind of like that whole, you know, the the frog and the scorpion story. Right. 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 Where the trainer's like, how could you do this? And he was like, you knew who I was. I'm a killer. He was, I'm a killer whale. You knew the whole time. Yeah. There's a little bit of there, and honestly, there's a little bit of a Darwin Awards thing that goes into if you're going to get into a pool with killer whales, you, you're you're going to get eaten, so don't do it. Yeah. But um, you know, this is a woman working a job. She's yeah. trying to make people happy. And well, speaking of women working a job, this is the last story we need to get into. An elderly clerk who worked at uh, at a store for 18 years was fired after a shoplifter stole. A pack of cigarettes. Now, this is not what you would think. This is from the New York Post. Mm -hmm. A Colorado Circle K employee is suing the company after she was fired for putting her hands on an armed thief uh, that was trying to snatch a pack of cigarettes from behind the counter. Marianne Moreno, 75. Man claims in her lawsuit against Circle K Stores, Inc., that she was wrongfully terminated from the uh, Westminster store that she had worked for over 18 years what? for a brief interaction with a criminal. Uh, so what happened was that this lady was working the counter as she'd done for 18 years. She's 75. And a guy came in and tried to just reach behind the counter and steal a pack of cigarettes. She put her hands on the guy. Circle K thought that was the problem. You gotta be kidding! Fired me. the lady. You have got seventy five. Seventy five. Worked there for eighteen she, years. She shows she's got more bravery than any executive at that fucking company. Had. I, like, I mean, who in their right mind fires a seventy five year old oh. woman who's put in 18, 20 years to an organization? Some guy walks in and tries to steal, and she's like, "Hey, wait a minute! Please don't steal! Don't steal those things!" And 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 the guy walks out. Everybody's laughing at her. And and like this is what is wrong with our society. Do you want to hear what the termination letter is? Yeah. So what does Moreno that say? received a termination letter from Circle K, but was told days after the incident that she'd been fired for violating the company's quote, don't chase or confront policy, oh unquote, regarding shoplifters and robbers. Yeah, because she said, like, it's not like I, I chased after the guy. But who cares if she That's did? the thing. That's I mean, the thing, is is it's gotten to the point where it seems like the criminals, the, the, the criminals and, 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 and God knows the governments who, who won't pursue charges against actual criminals and let, let criminals run amok in, in cities across the country, that they have the upper hand. That we all should just accept that, you know, this is what's become of our country. This is the, this is the insidious nature of this, right? So if you live in one of these high crime areas... It's not by choice. Like you're living there because you have to. Well, maybe it is by choice, but it's, you know, look, it's a, it's a, you, you know what you're getting into. But these stores, these big major corporations like Circle K will put into place some policy that they use to fire 18 year people of their company called Don't Chase or Confront Policy. Yeah, that was probably written by somebody 35 years old who's been on, on consulting contract for three years. Yeah. But, and then the bottom line is their stores get robbed blind mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. what, what do they do? 
they then close the store and move out of the community. Right. So the community is no longer served right. at all, but the policies that they put in place insured it. Right. Insured it. Right. And, and a woman like this, Marianne Moreno. A hero. Who's doing everything that she can do to protect her store, because I got to imagine after 18 years, you have some- Ownership. Ownership of that. Like totally. you feel like this is right. my store and nobody's right. coming in and taking right. stuff from right. it. She's the one that you want to punish here? Right. right. Imagine being that spineless. That you're an executive at a company like this and you look at a 75-year-old woman who's been with you and given you her time for 18 years and you're like, I'm sorry, but this 35-year-old woke person came in and wrote a policy about don't confront, I'm firing you. What? Get out of town. 75 years old, that's unbelievable. It is incredible. I incredible. mean, they might as well not have price tags on these on these items. I mean, it's it, I it, feel it might bad. as well be like- Not a minute for companies like that that get robbed blind. No, and and when the insurance companies go broke that are paying these premiums to to when those insurance companies go broke and then Circle K goes broke and every everyone well, How do you insure? How do you insure? How do you insure a company that question. says don't confront? The great question. Don't con don't confront. Somebody just walks in there like, "Hey, give me all your money." You're like, oh, "I don't know, here it is." Would you smug, would you write an insurance policy for them? I absolutely wouldn't. Well, he's a financial wizard, and you heard it here first on the right Ruthless Variety program. All right, fellas, we got to get to this interview. It is a doozy. You are going to love every second of this. This is Chris Lasavita, the senior advisor at the Trump campaign. Well, our next installment of the Ruthless Presidential Showcase, fueled by America's oil and natural gas, he's a guy we've known for a long time. He's a good man, uh, you know, relatively, if you know people that we know, they can kind of vouch for him in some ways. He's Chris Lasavides, a senior advisor for the Trump presidential campaign. Is that your correct title, senior advisor? I don't worry so much about titles. No, you never have. Yeah. Well, you've had a lot of them. Titles get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> We've known each other a long time. Long now. time. Uh, long time. You've been in this line of work for a while. Uh, I knew you, obviously, when you were running a ton of Senate races. Um, but you've done almost everything there is to do in politics. And then here you are. You decided to do the uh, the craziest thing of all. So 32 years. Yeah. 32 years. Um, started with George Allen back in the early 90s. Got out of the Marine Corps, went straight into campaign work. And it's been great. And, you, and you're right, Josh. It, it, there's not much I haven't done in the campaign. There's not much I haven't seen in a campaign. Not much I haven't not seen happen on a campaign. Right. <laughs> um, things that will never go into the book. But, you know, because um, I'll never write one. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been a fun ride. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, well, first of all, I do want to say thanks for having me. I mean, it's yeah. been, it's, you know, John and guys, it's just been, it's great. Yeah. Great uh, to be here. Big fan. A pleasure. Um, I hope I don't embarrass my kids because they're big fans. Well, I mean, it's too late for that. Isn't well, it? I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 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 in all seriousness, no, I, I mean, you know, I, I haven't worked a day in my life. I love I love what I do. I love the combat of politics. Um, and that's the way I view it. Yeah. And um, well, and, 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 and speaking of that, you've you've offered us uh, two incredible things on the way in. First, this uh, fine bottle of bourbon, which we greatly Absolutely. appreciate. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, second of all, your T-shirt. My T-shirt. I mean, this is something. Donald, <laughs> DonaldTrump.com. <laughs> it is outstanding. These are available for sale. So for our audio-only listeners, this is a mugshot of former President Donald J. Trump uh, with a big uh, black bolded not guilty. Not guilty. Underneath it. Yes. 
I imagine you're selling a few of those. Just a few. <laughs> Just a few. Fundraisings through the roof, polling numbers. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, but, yes, yeah, so over at the, this campaign, obviously, have never been at the top of a presidential campaign right you know i mean it's a it's the highest you can get in in our profession and uh it's a fun one obviously trying to make history from a, a lot of different perspectives one being you know a former president running for re-election essentially right yep. um, and uh, what's that only been done once like grover, like cleveland, grover cleveland or something yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and so so that you know that, that that's that's obviously something that interested me obviously the the candidate you know I've, I've done a lot of work for the president over the years uh not within the team always you know on the outside only on the outside you know ran the the super PAC, of course with with mr ashbrook preserve america we had a hundred million dollars and i mean they give you a hundred million dollars and they say, beat the shit out of Joe Biden. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? That's just like the best gig in the world. I mean, I mean it was so much fun. You guys did a whale of a job. on that. We did. And, and, um, but you know, it, it was, a it was, it was tough because we couldn't do anything other than just run attack ads. I'm running attack ads. Don't get me wrong. That's fun. But, uh, we had some good messaging and especially when the campaign, you know, wasn't on TV for seven weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, you know, we stepped in and filled in that hole, but, um, you know, and then in 2016, I did the rules committee. Oh, that's right. I forgot the rules committee for the RNC. And, and then I also did the floor, ran the floor for him. So Which I assume your credentials in that area are that you are a Marine, uh, yeah. with purple hearts uh, yeah. and like people don't totally want to fuck with you. Well, well, the Purple Heart just means I got shot, but um, <laughs> it was the only time I went left in my life. But let's just put it this way. <clears throat> the some bitch that got me, I fared a whole lot better than he did. So, um, but, <laughs> but moving on from that, um, you know, I mean, it gives you a certain mindset, but convention, <clears throat> convention politics, like, you know, I grew up with that in Virginia. In Virginia, yeah. Republicans for years, we nominate by convention mm -hmm. i mean actually this will be the first year where you can't but um you know we have congressional district conventions that have five thousand people show up to mm -hmm. uh we have the statewide uh, the two largest political conventions held in the world were both in virginia 93 george allen for governor 94 oliver north for senate mm -hmm. both had <clears throat> 16 18 000 voting delegates respectively so wild completely wild and so uh and of course you know it's fun for me because you know i grew up in uh, doing virginia politics and doing uh conventions and that kind of stuff and and then you know i ended up doing all the cuccinelli's races and uh, you know now ken is running you know the always back down super pack for yeah, Ron that? sanctimonious <laughs> um wow. Just wow. Shot. Shots boom fired. i guess we're getting right into it yeah. <laughs> Shit, I, I i come to play <laughs> so so how is that i mean look you've had a close relationship with him over the years this is uh, fun clearly very different sides well, you know it won't be the first time but i mean he you know he jumped ship and worked for cruise <clears throat> excuse me back in 2016 yeah right after cruise played such a huge part in screwing up his governor's race in 2006 in 2013 <laughs> you know shut down the government didn't have a reason why and then opened it two weeks later and by that time instead of talking about the the, the disastrous rollout of obamacare on online we are talking about you know why people can't visit the washington monument um, you know yeah yeah, yeah. i mean look that was and it, it ended up to be a tight race despite being spent i'll spend 25 million dollars by uh mcauliffe and not being on tv 
<clears throat> excuse me, for the last three weeks of the campaign, yeah, to lose by two points. Yeah. yeah. Losing sucks, even losing close. But, you know. So you feel, you feel like you got the right side here. This time? Yeah. In this race? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys got to be feeling pretty confident. I mean, here's the thing. I wouldn't Chaos. be doing it if I didn't think I was on, if I was on the right side. I mean, people could say what they will. But, uh, you know, there's this old saying, if you're not taking flack, you're not over the target. Mm -hmm. And this guy's taking a lot of flack mm -hmm. from everybody. And I consider the source. And when I consider the source of the flack, then I'm thinking to myself, mm -hmm, yeah, this is where I want to be. Well, so, you're, you're taking your experience to this campaign. I mean, for what I, these guys give me a hard time for talking to reporters, but but I do. Just something that, that you, yeah. you got to do yeah. in life. And what I hear from reporters is that your team is very professional. They're right. always responsive. They're right. always providing facts back. Right. And what I've also heard is that your ground game in Iowa and New Hampshire are very professional. Right. Can you talk about what you're doing differently this time than they've done in the past? Sure. Trump and and, and, and it's a great question. And it's not a, a criticism in any sense, but in 2016, you know, I think it, there's not a lot of people that would tell you that it was a really well-organized operation. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, it was a complete shit show. But they won. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, they, right. They, right. They did a lot right. Right. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, you know, even President Trump talks about, you know, when he was doing the uh, – the, and of course, I was working for that that campaign, uh, Rand Paul for yeah. president. No, well, we we the, supported Rand Paul. Yeah, for it, it ended right after that, uh, <laughs> Iowa. Matter of fact, um, I got my, you know, dear consultant letter. Um, thank you for your service, but I have it hanging up. It's, it's actually a great Doug Stafford letter. But anyway, um, <laughs> I had to say it because uh, he knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, but, Doug, Dougie's catching strays here, right? The first ten minutes, absolutely. But but it, you know um, the 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 president talked about this. You know, uh, Ivanka was at this um, caucus on caucus night, mm -hmm. and actually, I was there. Uh, at the same one, because I was speaking there for Senator Rand and, and for Senator Paul and, and Ivanka was there, but there was no campaign presence. This, I mean, there were like 1600 people in this gymnasium and there was no one there. Who, just her? Just her. And she's like, you know, there's no material, there's no organization, there's no check-in, there's nothing. So, you know, and the cruise operation had dumped, you know, an enormous amount of money, effort, great organization. You know, Jeff Rowe knows how to organize. I mean, mm -hmm. I give him, I give the devil his due on that. I'm going to beat his ass this time, but, um, <laughs> that's, but more, that's that's more favorable treatment than I figured. Las Vegas was going to be. Yeah. No, but 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 the, <laughs> but the but the thing is, you know, that all being said, they still only won mm -hmm. cruise. Trump lost by 6,000 raw votes mm -hmm. in Iowa and one delegate vote, mm -hmm. despite having zero operation, mm -hmm. like zero, against an operation that, you know, was very well-oiled, you know, it was very well-organized. And it's basically the same operation now. I mean, of course, I know they're doing a little things differently. They're going to... They're bringing in people from San Francisco and New York City and all these out-of-staters <laughs> to knock on the door of people in Iowa and then stand there. Is that an there. exclusive uh, uh, recruitment strategy out of San Francisco? Uh, it's, it's San Francisco. It's <laughs> probably Chicago. Probably, oh, most definitely Austin, Texas. <laughs> But so they're you know they're they're doing this 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 thing where they're they're this is the the always back down super pack of wrong to San 
testimonious, but they're Jesus. doing this. Uh, <laughs> what? You're on message. I'm on message. No, I'm, I'm having fun. But anyway, they're bringing in these people. You know, uh -huh. they're paying them, you know, $15, $20 an hour, and Jeff charges 40 and um, <laughs> and so they're doing door knocks for they're doing door knocks for the campaign, and um, they're literally a tax grips. Mm -hmm. Now you can get door knockers to do a couple things: standing on somebody's front doorstep in Iowa, telling them why Donald Trump sucks, in their opinion, ain't one of them. Now it's a tough place to do that. <laughs> we don't like that in the Midwest. I, I, I just, we don't care for it. Yeah, no. Iowa and Minnesota, and uh, you got to work for it. I mean, the Post gave it a thousand words, which you know I got a kick out of. But um, <laughs> oh, Jesus, <he's> going <laughs> but but John was saying, you know, we do talk to the press. We talk to the press a lot. You, I mean, yeah, I mean a lot. Yeah. I mean, you get 30 calls a day. Yeah, but it sounds like your sounds like your guys are very responsive. Responsive, uh, aggressive, obviously. Um, you, yeah, I mean, you know, you're, taking, you're taking uh, nut shots at them over the weekend. That's what I want to ask about. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Here there, we go. there was a bit of a flare up. So I guess uh, Ron DeSantis was planning to go out to uh, the Basque Fry. The Basque Fry the Basque in Fry. Nevada, where one of the things that's on the menu apparently is. It's testicles. Oh, it's not apparently. It is. <laughs> they it's travel like, to Nevada for to that. eat testicles. <laughs> fried ones from a lamb. <laughs> and so you had some remarks that got attention. What, what, what did you have to say about that? Well, I just had a reporter call me and ask me, you know, do you have any comment? You know, that's your turf. That's the president's turf. You know, and I said, it's not surprising that Rhonda Sanctimonious would be going to Nevada to find a set of balls. Jesus. <laughs> it's just, I mean, look, this is kind of what you wanted it's out of this primary it's campaign. Fun. It's, it's fun. It's fun. Like, if we can degenerate to this level in June, I love it. This is going to be the best campaign of all time. Well, that and, you know, I... Uh, I swing a bat all the time. Yeah, we've come to notice it's that. In po it's politics. So let's back up on that. But I do it with a smile. You do it with a smile. You've always done it with a good heart, uh, so to speak. Uh, but look, I think most people got to know your name to the extent that they know it uh, for the Swift Boat ads right. in 2004. Right. Incredible ads. Right. Art. Right. It's absolute art. It should yeah. be. It should be in a museum. Yeah. yeah, you you were. I would buy that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for years on Twitter, I would reply to like every John Kerry tweet with the Swift Boat ad, and everyone would just lose their mind. Oh, so you're the guy that was I'm doing the guy that. that did that. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic ad. Yeah, I mean that that sort of launched you into a different echelon. I would imagine. You know, it, it, in 2000, I managed George Allen Senate race against Senator Rob, and then I went to the Senate committee when Bill Frist was yeah. the uh, chair, and I was the political director, and and. Uh, you know that's when the that's when the political committees mattered because we had we had you know soft money and hard money yeah um the, that's when the parties mattered I, I think since mccain feingold the parties have just become you know irrelevant but um which is unfortunate but the um you know in 2004 i was doing the um the independent expenditure for the senate committee and george allen my old client of course was the chairman and Rick Reed and I, and Rick just passed away last year, and Rick was like one of my early mentors, great guy, uh, a talent. He and I um, met with the Swift Boat guys. And I, I remember, I, 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 remember I, I sat down with these guys, and they showed me a man. John O'Neill gave me the manuscript to his book. And he's like, hey, can you, can you read this and let us know what you think? And I'm like, yeah. So I literally, 
I, I think I must have drank two bottles of wine that night, smoked two packs of cigarettes, read the whole damn book. I was jacked on caffeine and good good juice and nicotine. And I had I had notes written and everything. And For all of our younger listeners, that's how you can become a successful operative. <laughs> Anybody says anything different, they're a damn liar. So, but uh, but and you know and, and I said, look, this is like a third of this stuff you can't even put in print you know there's just no you can't do that and so we you know john uh, you know used it around a little bit but yeah we got together and rick and i, I it, rick reed did as much as i did and i did as much as rick rick and i were literally a, a, the perfect team for that and rick's uncle uh was uh, admiral lonsdale who was actually one yeah. of the swifties mm. so he had that personal connection and um yeah so we we spent i mean i had protesters at my house and this was before the internet was really big yeah right i mean it was just coming out yeah and i remember i had my car parked and uh at the production studio and uh, there was a, a note that was left on my car that was like you're gonna die Ooh. and and so i just left a note back the for the time and the place <laughs> that I'd be more than happy to show up. you tell me better pack a lunch you know what was funny was no they more than a, yeah pack a long lunch one for eternity but the thing about it was the note the note was off my car when i went back out yeah. but you know i went to the place but no one showed up so they, they didn't they didn't uh, take yeah, you up on the offer it's unfortunate <laughs> so i gotta ask you this so Listen, long career, everything leads up. You do, do work on the outside for President Trump, 16, 20. Uh, somehow you get into the middle of this orbit. Had you met and had you met directly with Trump, I'm assuming, while he was president and got to know him a little bit? No. Not at all? No. Mm. Okay, so this is what I'm wondering. So when do you meet him? And it, like, what's the context of, of you? Is he interviewing for people to help him out on the next presidential campaign? How does this work? So... I was introduced to um, Susie Wiles, yeah. who, re I mean, Susie is, she's, she's the best, and and yeah, another and she's been Trump consultant. She's she, you know well regarded, well oh, regarded. Yeah, yeah very, I mean, solid pro. Yeah, um, been in the business for a long time. Um, took some time off to raise her kids, and uh, but she's she's I, I I'm the only thing I'm disappointed is I hadn't gotten to know her earlier and worked with her earlier. She's that good, but and so she and I are kind of doing this together. We are we're doing this together, um, and and it's it's actually working. You know, it works out really well, and and because there's a lot of things that I can do, um, and a lot of things I wouldn't want to do that Susie does, and a lot of things I can't do that. So it's just it's a it's a really so, good but, match. But she knows you at least by reputation she, no, and invites you down. She does <clears throat> through a through a, a friend of ours, Tony Fabrizio. Oh yeah, okay, sure. Yep. You know, and, and Tony's a long time yeah, pollster, pollster for the Wall Street Journal, does ARP stuff. I mean, he's very well known, very well regarded guy. Um, so Tony introduces us, and we have dinner, and um, and you know, I met with the president uh, at Mar Largo in June of twenty two. Okay, oh, so not that long ago. No, it's the first time I met him. We're talking like a year ago. Yeah, a year ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow, probably almost a year to the day. Well, that water passes pretty quickly underneath the Fast. bridge, doesn't it? Yeah, it moves. It moves. But you know, um, and it was it was fun dinner. But you know, and and he's he's uh, 
you know, DJing while you're having dinner. You know, he's got the the iPad out and the music's in the play. The playlist is pretty awesome. Though. It's actually a damn good playlist. I know this. Uh, dude, the playlist is amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, what's it's, the tunes? What are we talking? Uh, well, about? I mean, you can go from, a real range. You, you can go. You can literally go from REM to to uh, to uh, Phantom of the Opera to uh, you know real Pavar- from Pavarotti. Well, yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I, mean, any, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's <clears throat> it's a highly entertaining list, but it's one that's it's not it's unpredictable. Yeah, leave it to, leave it to La Civita, by the way, to have a meeting with the former president about you know sort of high minded things, and he's like, "That's ah, a hell of a playlist." <laughs> well, I was just, great DJ, yeah. great DJ. I was thinking about it, but but then then, then I went up in uh, oh, I guess it was July for a second meeting, and it was at Bedminster, mm-hmm. and I'm in his office, and it was the day Roe v. Wade was overturned. Mm-hmm. So that I think yeah, late June. Like it was late June. Yep. <clears throat> and um I remember sitting on at his seat and you know, right in front of his desk, and I got the alarm you know, and it, i think it's rude to check your phone when you're in a meeting, but for whatever reason I picked up my phone and looked at it. And I'm sitting right right in front of him and I was like, Um, Mr. President, you just did what a lot of people have never been able to do. You mm-hmm. just overturned Roe v. Wade. And and he picks up his phone and they were looking at it and wow so, that's yeah, a historical moment it was a historical moment so to be there at that particular time mm-hmm. was really cool um, and um, uh, yeah it was it was it was it was it was a moment so at what point and I imagine look I imagine there's consideration that uh, what a campaign looks like and whether we're going to launch one at all right. and all of that kind of thing at what point does it become clear that you yourself are going to be in the middle of a presidential campaign for Donald Trump for when did I decide that or yeah I mean when does it become clear that that like I'm I'm in here and we're going so last year uh, in 22 I was doing you know we did about 17 million dollars worth of ads in the super PAC Um, we did some in you know we did a lot in Pennsylvania you know we're trying to to do you know, lay wood on some of the on some of the Democrats. But, um, you know, it was probably probably early November, which mm. wasn't a great time. No, um, at all. Well, and this is why I asked, right, because the timing of this campaign was a little bit interesting because Republicans themselves were an all time low. I mean, right. we had it underperformed in a midterm. And you know how it is at at the end of every cycle, midterm or presidential, if you underperform where expectations are, there's just a state of depression in the party. Nobody wants to give anything. Nobody wants to do anything. Nobody wants to talk about politics at all. They're just like, let me give you a reset here. Yep. You guys just jump right in. Which is is him. I mean, you know, I I worry about things that I can control, Mm -hmm. right? And that's... The, the mechanics and the campaign side of things. Um, the, I'm under no illusion that that you go into this job thinking that you know. And in, in campaigns, you you know, by nature, political consultants, we want to control everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we we just we want to we want to control everything, including the candidate. Yeah. <clears throat> there ain't no control on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so why even think about it? Why even bother with it? People say, "Well, let Trump be Trump." That's what they how they say. It. But no, it's 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 a matter of <clears throat> you're not going to micromanage this guy. 
No. Right. Let alone manage. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> but 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 I gotta tell you, and, and I just I mean, I've been around a long time. I've seen a lot, I've heard a lot, yeah. I've done a lot, but this guy's gut and his instinct for hitting at something at a particular time, I I, I find I find striking. Yeah. I, mean, I mean it's like, whoa. And and of course my the first thing that goes through my head was I'm, I'd be like, Yeah, I don't know if I would do that. But then, you know, two days later, I'm like shaking my head going, damn, how the hell did he know that? Yeah. I, 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 find that I find that amazing. So you, it happens a couple times, right? And, and you're like, oh, geez, oh, God, you know, how's this going to pan out? And then you start realizing, oh, it's probably going to be okay. It's probably going to work out. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, you know. Um, I mean, look, in retrospect, it definitely did work. Well, having the, having the, the gift of, of hindsight, right? But 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 even at the time and so now i worry less about those things and and commit myself to providing uh him the organization uh w along with susie that he deserves mm -hmm. he deserves a campaign apparatus that he's never really had before mm -hmm. i mean he had a, a, a relatively good one in 20 but that was driven by the fact that he was the incumbent mm -hmm. president um but you know, so I'm, you know, we we are as a team bound and, and determined to give him what we think he's entitled to, which is a top-notch political organization that does that, whose goal is to win every fucking day, mm -hmm. every fucking battle. Mm -hmm. There's not nothing in between. Mm -hmm. and that's it, all we want to do. And that's a strategy that that works. You guys have a commanding lead, and it's really hard to see how anybody. Uh, niches into that, but it hasn't come without a cost to you. There, are, there are Democrats who are trying to pitch oppo on you oh, to it. these liberal reporters. Yeah, right? It is. It, are, what? What is it? What is it? They're trying to. What? Well, so, <laughs> so I got a couple calls last week, and 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 and, and there are some of our friends on the Republican side that are you know pitching oppo on yeah. Susie. Um, but but uh, you gotta love this game, right? But you know they. they I had. <laughs> <laughs> crazy it's crazy but um i had a couple of reporters call me and say hey hey las vida you know when i was landing and i had a reporter call me and, and she says um hey i just had left a message for me she said hey i just uh just had a uh, you know somebody pitch some oppo on you it's funny as hell give me a call when you can and i'm so i'm taxing and you're I'm, like oh son of a i want to get off the plane <laughs> i want to because i, I, I want to call that reporter like right then but i got to go through you know and i do all this stuff and finally i get outside hey what's up it's like uh and they start reciting this package and i said well first let me ask you is it coming from the right or is it coming from the left because I know they're not going to tell me their source, and they're like, "It's coming from the left." And I was like, "Oh, that's amazing! Thank God. <laughs> that's awesome!" And um, they 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 what is it? What is it they're pitching? What, well, they're they're, like they're pitching this 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 narrative that that uh, you know this guy La Civita, he's kind of interesting. You know, he shot a goose while he was on the phone with a political reporter, which is true, by the way. <laughs> wait, um, wait, wait, that's, hey, that's considered oppa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you can you tell that story? Yeah. So so but but. And then, oh yeah, and he, you know, he 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 used to yell at people, and the oh yeah, okay, that happens in politics. <laughs> um, so, in years ago, I was it wasn't I don't even know how long ago it was, maybe it was two thousand ten. Um, 
It was 2010. Yeah, because I, remember, I, was, it, I remember where you were then. Yeah, I was at the Senate committee with yeah. you. And uh, after I was brought there under false pretenses, but <laughs> yeah. that's another story. Um, that's how we did it. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, <laughs> so what was funny was I, you know, being accessible, mm -hmm. right, comes with mm -hmm. costs. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what I love about my gig. You know, I can do it anywhere from, you know, but this particular case, I was in a goose blind because i'm a that i don't you know i shoot shit that's what i do um animals little ones flying ones but i eat everything so um i'm very responsible with a glass of chianti yeah. uh, and, and <laughs> but and i as i picked up the phone in this i told this reporter who will rename nameless i don't want to embarrass her again but i said look i'm i'm hunting and if the gun goes off, don't be freaking out on me because that's just what happens. But this is the price of accessibility. And she, oh, no, no, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, hold on, put it down. Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> Damn keys dropping all over the place. Be in front. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. They're not. It's like, I mean, so exceptional multitasking. It was exceptional multitasking. If I thank you. And this is I, what the president saw in him. Yeah. <laughs> he read but, the article. Well, I can tell you this I carry my own geese out, unlike John Kerry. Remember when he walked out of that field? He had the guy carrying the goose for him. What a wuss. I mean, come on. So, so. Yeah, Ted Strickland. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. The Go lobbyist. ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, but he, yeah, right, he right. the lobbyist. Yeah, the Washington D.C. lobbyist. But uh, so so anyway, they're 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 writing like this is something like odd about this guy because he would do this. It's some damn millennial kid or something. Probably doesn't understand it. But <clears throat> anyway, they're pitching that kind of crap. I mean, it's is, just it's ridiculous. But That's I had another reporter say, "But you would like." freely admit that and i'm like oh yeah i'm I mean, wondering why you are pitching that like that no story you want out there it feels like something you'd put ashbrook on <laughs> yeah, right. like, hey, can you get that out there i mean <laughs> so hold on, let's get let's get back to the presidential for a minute do you <clears throat> have how do you view the world in the presidential context where you've got a very well-defined candidate i mean he's a former president everyone knows who he is everyone knew who he was before he was president right ubiquitous name id across the world um and hard opinions hard opinions yep. and at this point you look at any given poll and you've got a fave on fave issue that's you know look you're 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 doing this a long time mid-30s for a former incumbent president feels like a tough hill to climb in the context of a general election right is that something that you how do you overcome all that <clears throat> well so i go back to well first of all those are the campaigns i specialize in right mm -hmm. yeah you did um, you did ron johnson for context last right. cycle last cycle very right. similar numbers right. in that regard in wisconsin right he was real managed not to get fired and that was actually some of your greatest work. <laughs> oh, actually, I think the senator did fire me election night, but that was by request. <laughs> so we kept things, kept the karma going. Um, great guy, by the way. Very difficult, right? Yeah. I mean, you talk about a hard dude yeah. that would prepare you for this kind of thing that I'm doing now. Right. Ron prepared me. <clears throat> Tough guy. Tough guy. Extreme, extraordinarily passionate. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he actually wrote a bunch of radio ads. And he wrote a lot of TV ads, but he wrote a bunch of radio ads. Were they like that, seven and a half minutes long? Because that's well, usually what candidates do. Yeah, but but no, I swear, I, I honest to God, and the the guys with the Senate committee will tell you, he would I, he would be writing about seventy three words, mm. but the radio he would come in at one forty, maybe one fifty, which is about right. But um, but <clears throat> all we did was you know uh, find the talent. To do the ads, and they all it won best at the at the polys this year. They won best radio campaign. Did you have the heart to give him the trophy? We gave him the trophy. <laughs> Put his freaking name on it. I mean, who are his ads? <laughs> it's well done. No, I mean it was it was great. It was, and I couldn't wait to call him and tell him. I'm like, your radio ads, but, um, you know, Ron was in the position where he was, you know, th- you know, running for his third term after saying he wouldn't, right? Yeah. Um, and um. You know, fave unfave. You know, he's he was always upside down, right? His fave, his unfave was was higher than his fave, and the easiest way to equalize that was just to take Mandela Barnes and make him equally unlikable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what happened was, the more you do that, the you start seeing a rise in your own numbers. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a strategy that was necessarily um, met the approval of of the candidate, but. But it was a strategy that ended up working, mm-hmm. and and I think in the case of of President Trump, who is universally known, there's not in in in, in the Republican primary context, what are they going to say about him that hasn't already been said? That's true. What are they going to say? Yeah, you, you don't. You, yeah, right. On one hand, your general election number is not where you want. On the other hand, it's certainly not going down. What's well, not going down, but at the same time, I'm seeing numbers. I see numbers every day, right? As I know you guys do, that have Trump either up six, up four, up three, down two, down one, tied. The latest I saw was he's up on Biden. Correct. That is 100% correct. So I'll take that any day of the week because. Then the question becomes, okay, well, then, you know, you're running against an incumbent president. The incumbent president's numbers are horrific. They're worse than than the President Trump's ever were when he was in office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you, you know, you make it more about, you, you know, where are you now? You know, I think people have a genuine concern. I mean, say, you know, people can say a lot of things about Donald Trump, but I know this there wasn't any war. That was started in those four years that yeah. he was president because none of these people were crazy enough to test them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Chinese weren't fucking around. The Russians weren't fucking around. I mean, these to put it bluntly, mm-hmm. um, you know. And 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 I think that matters. Um, I think the the focus on the economy matters. I think that uh, so you know I'm 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 very bullish in a general election campaign and our ability and his ability to put together a a message that that people will find compelling. Uh, I mean, again, we're not even, we're not even, uh, we haven't even really launched that aspect yet, but no, I mean, you're, but the, but the data shows that the race is, the race is winnable. Look, DeSantis's entire strategy, and I hate to continue to bring him up, but people want to, you know, he's the one that press wants to make the, the opponent. So I'll play the game. Um, but the fact is, is that, that their entire, the, their entire uh, the part of their strategy was focused on we're more electable. Well, but every piece of data that's been coming out in the last month has shown that that's not 
to be the fact, not to be true. So, mm-hmm. so they're they're you know so it's it's a matter of um, um, you know keeping keep and and that's the other thing you'll you'll see us focused on, which is we're not taking you know we're running as if we're ten points behind. Mm-hmm. I mean I know that's an old political line. Yeah, but but, but it's a, it's a but, winner's attitude. But it has to be, and 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 that 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 mentality has to be pervasive every in every aspect of the campaign down from the field guys all the way to the top and you know and i tell guys on the conference calls and they'll tell you they'll say well never back down ever i'm like well stop what did you just say (laughs) it's not fucking never back down it's always back down (laughs) do not use their terminology (laughs) and i mean it's their name By their, but for them, yeah. this is why the guy did, me, right? Yeah. He's like no. not accepting this. Right. No, it's right. not it's by like, that. It's like, like go fuck yourself. And and, 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 and and honestly, no offense, seriously, no offense, but fuck you. Not taken ever. Sorry, mom. <laughs> so, one thing I wanted to ask you is that so now it, it seems like pretty much everyone has jumped in. You know, there was this period that you yeah. mentioned how, oh, how, gee, we how, may get a couple more. How, how Trump got in early and he's he had the field to himself to basically just like take a bet to everyone who was considering running, beat the hell out of them before they even announced. But now everyone is in. What are your thoughts on the other campaigns that the other candidates are running? Are you impressed? Right. Are you are you disappointed? Do you think any are doing a lot worse than you thought or any doing a lot better? So um, and but you also raise a point when. You know, everybody was like, oh, you need to every everyone was telling the president, you should wait. You should wait until January or maybe even February to announce. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, he's like, nah, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to do it in November. And and it actually and, and November was a rough month, but um, and December was rough. Just just the, yeah. just the sheer volume of, of incoming. But the discipline, the, which is, you know, some folks don't necessarily use that word when they describe the president, but he, he's got an enormous amount of discipline um, to, to then announce. And, you know, we do a couple events and we go out and we do, you know, we do a few things and people are always, oh, where about the rallies? Why don't you want to do rallies? You know, first of all, rallies are a half a million bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and you're, you're talking about raising, what is it, $3,800 a person now? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it's a lot of money. Um, but, um, you, you know, then, and of course, Nikki gets in. Uh, and I have a you know, the governor Haley, and mm-hmm. I, and I have enormous amount of respect for her, and I, I, you know she's got a great operation. I mean, John Lerner's a smart dude. Betsy, yeah, Betsy Adney, is Betsy's fantastic. Best. I love her. Yep, she's she's a great operative. Um, but you know they're they're you know they're looking for money, right? It's 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 tough. They don't have she doesn't have that personal money, so it's kind of hard for her. I think just you know and and then there's this you know this back and forth you know do i want to attack do i not want to attack do i want to you know um you largely left them alone i mean you guys basically focused on desantis that's it that's it yeah and then you know uh the vice president eh whatever um and then uh although you know mark's smart guy good guy been around a while yeah right um not necessarily campaign guy but 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 gets it um, you know, um, Burgum, he's got Englander, 
Chips, smart, mm-hmm. yeah. damn operative, good yep. guy. Yep. I've known him forever. That launch um, event was beautiful. I, I tell everyone that launch event, like the advanced team that they have there, is top notch. It looked fantastic. Burgum's launch. Really? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I missed it. I, I missed. I, I saw the. Video, <laughs> I saw the video. I saw the video, which was really, really, um, you know, nice. I mean, I think I fell asleep at thirty-eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's but so many, you know, goddamn horizons I can stare at. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but he's he's a, he's got a cool story, and and, and Chip's actually good good operative. Um, Christy, eh? That's I mean, I've been there, done that. You know, next. Um, you have know, you got, I, have you discussed? I mean, is it in this field, outside of this field, have you discussed a running mate of any kind? Or is no. this just like wide open? No. No, and anyone who said and, and and there's been you know people talk. Oh yeah, yeah, bullshit. No. No, there's no, no speculation because there's a, a oh lot. there's lots of speculation even within the camp like a lot of folks have mentioned Kerry Lake that Ooh, oh yeah. Kerry Lake be the VP mm-hmm. and have you heard anything on that is there any inf- oh no I I mean I hear it I, I, I mean, hear it in, all the in day the middle of, yeah yeah I hear it all every day I just it's not something that is a conversation that we have and also the remaining campaign so Tim Scott great guy great I mean I mean. Plus, my old firm is doing his campaign a little shits, but um, <laughs> uh, but he, but the, you know he does he, you know uh, he's got a great operation and he's got a really inspiring message and it's nice and and wonderful and and Vivek is that a separate by the campaign way, or is that a coworker? By the way, for, I was for, involved. Well, I got to get back to this. I did you know I ran a super PAC that that did Tim Scott's first state house race that got him elected. Oh, did you really? Yeah, but really? Howie Rich was funding this operation down in. Uh, he's a big libertarian donor and funded this operation down in uh, uh, South Carolina. We were primarying the hell out of Republicans that that didn't support school choice, and this was a particular open seat, and Tim was a big school choice supporter, and so we you know how he had spent all this money and i was like his instrument right and that that was and that that was fun but uh vivek i mean great guy i'm (laughs) sure love him put some good work in the office shows up on time buys the merch i know i bruce is looking over his shoulder like wait a minute is this guy gonna take my job (laughs) (laughs) but but uh no i mean i you know he had i i listened to the you know that he is the that he is the uh that he is the true anti-trump candidate i heard you guys talking about that yeah i was like talking theory it's not a bad one it's it's fascinating yeah, it's not a bad it's one fascinating uh it yeah. assumes that you're gonna not be there correct which is a really bad assumption it's a it's a tough assumption <laughs> you know, the me, constitution me... says <laughs> you have to be what 34 35 <laughs> and a naturalized citizen born in the United States. Other than that, it doesn't matter. Now, I mean, th- that's what the Constitution says. But but I think that, you know, in terms of everything that's going on right now, I think we're going to have to deal with more bullshit. You know, we'll have to deal with some bullshit. And I don't know because I don't get into legal discussions. But Well, you know, see, then that's the thing. I'm not going to put you in the middle of the No, no, no. And, and I appreciate that because I'm sure, I'm sure my friends at DOJ are probably listening. Yep, very, very intently. And we welcome them as listeners and downloads. But I will say uh, it's, it's, look, from a political perspective, right. not a legal perspective, right. it's impossible to ignore that we we're dealing with high profile indictments and things like that. Right. And we've just not dealt with this in the context of a presidential nomination campaign ever so far. 
it appears to have zero effect Correct. on the polling numbers in right. your primary. Right. Is there a point where you feel like water starts getting heavy to carry here? And or or do you think that Republican primary voters are just basically so accustomed to everyone attacking Trump all the time that almost without regard of what you say about him, people just don't believe it? You know, it's um, I, I think people have the American people can smell bullshit a mile away. And I think they're I think they smelled it with what was going on in New York City. Mm -hmm. I think they I think they see this this two tier justice system that's mm -hmm. that we're currently dealing with um, as it relates to, you know, President Trump and Hunter and Joe and, you know, oh, they announced the indictment the same basically the same day that, you know, the five million dollar bribe starts making its way around mm -hmm. town. And I mean, you know, there are no such things as coincidences in politics. And I think I think, you know, I, I think I think people that live in the bubble, the bubble being inside the beltway in Washington, you know, we don't, and of course I don't live here, by the way, I live two hours South, but by the way, if you want my address, just be careful. Cause I don't think anybody's going on your land. No, they're not, <laughs> uh, so. but no, but my, my point being that, that, that my, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just see my wife going, Oh God, here we go. Um, but you know, meanwhile, but, he's got Ruby Ridge out front. <laughs> <laughs> But they, they, uh, uh, I think they, I think they just, they, they know and, and, you know, whatever comes next, I have no idea what's going to come next, but it gets to the point that people are like, why does everybody want this guy? Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what the hell is, I mean, what is, first of all, it's never happened before. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we lecture the, the world about, you know, elections and we lecture the world about all these things and you know you have your primary opponent for for the presidency of the united states being under investigation by your doj by your i mean that's just it doesn't it doesn't it just it's not the way things have ever been done here mm -hmm. um and especially given in a previous campaign essentially biden's campaign and the press colluded mm -hmm. to make sure that accurate information With a, that without a doubt wasn't allowed out been proven been i mean russia 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 i mean come on that the whole the laptop and everything else well, but but the, even the russia stuff that was literally manufactured by hillary clinton yeah if there's anybody that we should be gunning for it should be her but you know whatever so, so let me let me ask you this because i think this is where a lot of people who really like president trump and like what he did over the course of four years have a little trepidation about this particular campaign because you've got indictments you've got you know, just a really sort of negative information flow all the time. Right. I know because I've been around the guy a lot that he really does care about the future of the country. Right. And he does think about that kind of thing. And I'm certain he's alarmed about the direction president Biden has taken everything. So I'm also sure that he knows that losing this presidential campaign beyond himself is catastrophic for this country. Do you think that there's ever a scenario where he looks at everything that's come at him and is just like, we got to win here no matter what. And if you were to lose, I don't know, Iowa or New Hampshire, which I'm, listen, you're not going to entertain that and I don't want you to, but if you were to, is this a guy that ultimately can get behind a Republican nominee that's not him? You know, um, I am, um, I don't, one of the things that I don't do in politics is shopping hypotheticals. 
Um, and in, in this particular case, um, well, first of all, we're not going to lose Iowa. Just not going to happen. Um, I mean, I mean, we're just not. Um, and we're not going to lose New Hampshire. I mean, we're. I mean, the the, the data is where it needs to be. The message is where it needs to be. The candidate is where it needs to be. Um, and and everything else is falling in line. Now, I understand so, why you don't entertain but, it. I but, guess what I'm getting at is what the some people who've been in the movement, as you have from day one, they're concerned about how this team has got to all be on the field one way or another. And I think those people are very committed to President Trump if he is the nominee. Yeah. They're worry a little bit about if he's not. Right. Well, I so well first of all we're not going to disappoint anybody because we're going to be the nominee. So, I'll just say that. But I think that 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 where things are, where the trajectory is now in the general election, even in like I said as we talked about earlier in the general election, I like where things are are shaping up. I like the contrasts that are shaping up. Um, the primary is one of these things that we have to go through. Um, and But there's going to be a point in time. That's really a question, quite frankly, Josh, that we should think about asking everybody else who's running for the fucking Republican nomination. Yeah. If they well, are we truly have. concerned about the country, okay, when, you know, when is enough enough? And so... Um, but but we'll continue playing that aspect and doing what we have to do, um, and like I said, we're not going to take anything for granted. But there there'll be a point in time that I think that's more of a question that 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 will be focused on somebody like a, a you know a, a Ron DeSanctimonious than a Donald Trump. So <laughs> fair fair answer. Go ahead, Smug. I got one more before we get into our final. Specifically on, on that subject is. Now that he is in the race, and right. now that you've seen how he is as a presidential candidate. Who, he? DeSantis. Oh. What would you say always... you've been most impressed with and most disappointed with his uh, performance? Mm. <laughs> most impressed with. <laughs> Just set this his, his ability to sweat profusely. <laughs> I knew that was I, I knew Soak like a t-shirt. I mean, this guy would win a wet t-shirt contest <laughs> show, just showing up. <laughs> Right. That was amazing. Now, <laughs> I did not have wet T-shirt on the bingo card here. Well, but I'm sorry. But I mean, it was it was it was all over the place it's last family, week. It's a family program. Well, OK. But just saying. I saw it on TV. It was OK. It made past the censors. <laughs> So the other part was, what was I most disappointed? Most disappointed. What do you think is his weakness? What's been really bad? What's been going? He's only that he that 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 he used three fingers to eat pudding. (laughs) 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 Now, um, uh, hmm. I I mean, it's the most disappointing. I mean, it manifests itself every single day on TV. It's, It's a. It's a, it's an, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to be serious and, and funny at the same time, which is not always. No, uh, I know it's, it's, right? it's a trick. It's, 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 it's it, it, yeah, it is. Um, but you know, it's, um, I, I, I don't, honestly, I just don't, I don't spend a lot of time. You know, like I said, I worry about what I can control and everybody else's strategy in this campaign for president and the nomination is based on something they don't control. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting. We're the ones driving 
right? We're, mm -hmm. And and so we control what we can control, and we know what, and we know what that is. I can't control what the Feds are going to do in any given moment, but guess what? I, we'll make the best of it when it happens, mm -hmm. right? Which I think we have mm -hmm. in the last couple of times. But everybody else is sitting around hoping for something. Mm -hmm which means they've ceded control. Mm. And I, I'm not, we're not gonna, we're not ceding that, that, any ounce of that to, to, to anything, so. Yeah, well, look, good answer, good answer. We have three big ones that we give everybody. Oh boy. Okay, this one's, these are serious. This could get you in trouble in a lot of different places. Can I have another shot? Yeah, no, please, please, fill your Make America Great Again mug. Uh, it was nice for Smug to put that on loan today. <laughs> um, all right, so if you can plan your last meal on Earth. Oh, I thought about this. What would it be? You know, I'm a, well, you probably don't. I'm a bit of a foodie. Yeah, no, you're a big right. foodie. I'm a big foodie. Um, so it would be a 90-day oh. dry-aged porterhouse <laughs> with a big slab of foie gras. Just right up. You know what that is. Oh, yeah. That's the liver that's force fed and then ripped out of a duck right before it dies. And it's so good. It's the most delicious. It's amazing. Damn Schwarzenegger. He eliminated it as governor and they made it in California. Anyway, that's another story. Um, but that's the main course, right? There's no vegetable or any of that. No, shit. no, no. no. This is your last meal. My, but as an appetizer, I would. it would be like big time bone marrow. Oh right? yeah, a little bit of sea salt on it. Sure, oh, from the bone, from the bone. Yeah, just like the you know the with big, the little spoon, the big bone and uh, split open, and you 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 broil it, and you yeah. sprinkle a little sea salt on it, and you scoop it out with a little spoon, and maybe like a some, maybe like a some kind of a baguette, some kind of a toasted bread did he just say baguette i did <laughs> i did you're the one talking about foie gras <laughs> that's so unbelievable he tries to come back at me that shit. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so and then just like a big ass baked potato that's just or maybe potatoes fondant there you go John. <laughs> <laughs> it never ends it never ends full parry so can we can we uh, we're doing a, a a bourbon beforehand and then a, a like a tip topper of your finest red wine too. So so uh, my go to I love Angel's Envy, great, but my go to is Buffalo Trace. There you go. I mean, it's like I love that when I can find it because you know in Virginia everything's run by the government. It's unbelievable. It sucks. Yeah. Um, and one lottery after another, you have to enter oh, yourself. Oh, crooked as shit too. The, by the way, they, yeah, and there was all these guys at the ABC that were farming it out to their buddies on Facebook. Fell off the truck. Shit, fright. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew where the truck was. God knows I looked. <laughs> when you're done with this, you and I are going to find the truck. I'm going to find the truck. By the way, if anybody out there listening knows where the truck is, <laughs> uh, uh, old fashioned, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, and you know, usually smoke. Smoked, smoked old fashioned, sort of like my go to, and then uh, um, I, yeah, I'm a big red wine kind of nut job, so just like a big fat ass cab, yeah. But uh, but probably I know it's probably super Tuscan from Italy. Oh jeez, he's got very specific. I like. Oh that. no no, I, I mean I I've got them all and I know them all. I I could go on for two days about it, but but yeah, fat ass is not a brand name. Fat that's ass a, is that's not, a, actually uh, there is a wine out there that it's a Syrah. It's called Fat Bastard. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. <laughs> they sell boatloads of it. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so if you never got into this line of work, hmm. 
you got blue sky never got into politics at all blue sky looking back with the benefit of retrospect you can fill it with absolutely anything in the world that you want to do what would it be i probably would have stayed in the marine corps is that right yeah probably probably because that was my that was my like my my goal was just i was going to make the military career make the marine corps career yeah that was my focus um um it was either that or 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 possibly um you know the the agency mm-hmm. you know I, I mean i i was geared i was geared toward that you know my major was international affairs i was very much focused on that kind of stuff i loved that you know and this was all before you know then you then you go to war and you're like and then you get shot and you're like yeah maybe this ain't gonna be the greatest thing <laughs> <laughs> my politics might sound like a little bit no i you know it was polit- it was funny when i was in college it was I, I you know i went to virginia commonwealth university down in richmond and um they literally created me they made me a political monster huh. because you know i showed up to class every day and i i mean i got a great you know liberal arts education but but i was being told what to believe yeah mm. And it pissed me off. And yeah, so, that's not good. You don't want to do that with Chris Leslie. Well, no, you just don't want to do it in general. <laughs> it's really tough. But, but it, really tough way to approach but, things. But, but what was great was it forced me to, you know, go into class prepared because I didn't. I just wasn't going to be programmed. And all these other morons are sitting around you, you know, they just you know write whatever. And but that's so funny. I, I mean, I feel like the same way in college. I had one particular professor same way like i knew i was going to get left-wing stuff but i knew i was going to really smart guy yeah and i want to go in there and work but, yeah to try to make but sure. this guy knew what he was doing right he knew he he knew what would piss me off yeah and he knew what buttons to push and what how to get me motivated mm. and he and he motivate i mean and it worked but you know in the probably same not time they probably not a, <laughs> in their eyes completed a, it com- created a complete fucking monster unintended consequence <laughs> So I've got I've got a question yep. to add in okay. before the last question Ooh. comes, and then we've become something of an animal fighting podcast. Yeah. Smug claims that he could take a horse barehanded. No, oh, well, and we've had no people. shit. <laughs> no offense, Smug, but I mean, God Almighty, my daughter rode horses for twelve years. <laughs> they're fragile, aren't they? People think they're tough. They take them like it, I, I tell people: if you own a horse, that's worse than owning a boat. It is hundred percent. Right? Do you know what the the name of my daughter's first pony was? No. Daddy's nine eleven, oh, because that's what I would have been driving had I not been making the payments to that thing. Oh, it's true. What, what an amazing Daddy's nine eleven. Okay. So okay. So, so, what, what's, so, the yeah. so what's the so animal? What's the animal? Chris Lasavita, if you were to take what's, what's the, the biggest one? Big, well, you know, barehanded, barehanded. Oh, so no weapons. No. no. So I would have failed because I generally always have one with me. Um. You know, the belt is a great weapon. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that you can, can count. Get, you can get innovative. The point is, you can't shoot the damn thing. Oh, right. Well, that's not fun. Um, <clears throat> and it's not a man. Anything. <laughs> well, man's an animal. <laughs> well, we already know the answer. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I would say. I would say. Realistically, and being, uh, I'm not going to say a wolf because. The wolf's going to rip your throat out before you get your hands around its throat. Okay. Um, you could probably kill a coyote. I run into enough of them mm-hmm. hunting that, you know, you think about, okay, what are you going to do with one with one comes at you? Would you bull charge it? 
Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you, well, you do that with a bear. You do oh, so black black you don't bear. Char- you black don't bear. Black bear. Yeah. If if it's a grizzly, just bless yourself and set an act of contrition because you're you're dying. <laughs> um, you're fucked. Um, a black bear. Yeah, you got a chance. Brown, a big black uh, grizzly. Yeah, you're screwed. Um, um, or you're gonna end up like Leonardo DiCaprio and yeah. you know you're yeah. crawling your way back to civilization. Yeah. Um, Oh, geez. You know, I hadn't really thought about what animal. I mean, and I've, you know, I hunt all over the place. Um, I feel like a black bear or something. You could, I, you know, I, you know, I, I could, you could kill a black, you could, look, here's what I'll say. It's a black bear because, damn it, if Davy Crockett could do it, my God, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a while, but I got there. Got there. All right. All right. Just grin him down. <laughs> Just charge, like, charge at him. It charge. sounds like. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, final question. Yep. Our view is that most successful people are motivated by one of two things the mm. thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. Obviously, nobody likes losing or hates winning. It's what motivates you to keep going, right? right? What makes you work that much harder? You learn more from your, in politics, you learn more from your losses than you do your wins. And you never, and you have to take stock in the lessons that you learn. Don't ever, you know, um, you have to be very, um, like Ron Johnson's win in Wisconsin. Great win. Um, but there was a lot of things we could have done differently. Um, and, and, and I don't, but it's clearly to answer the question, it's winning. I mean, I'm in this business to win, mm-hmm. not to lose. Cause there's no, you know, when my kids played, yeah, I mean, you strike me as a big agony defeat guy. No, you, I strike you as an yeah. agony defeat guy. Well, yeah, because I mean, I'm not a masochist. No, I know. But you're like, you know, look, if. You win, you're kind of like on to the next. As long as I've known you, you've been on to the next. Yes. If you lose, you're thinking about that one guy who did the one thing, yeah. and it's the one. It's the reason you sit up a little later, you read a little bit more into the deck. Well, I get, do do that, but the one thing I do do, if if I lose, and I've lost my fair share over the years, uh, it I I look at it. It's something that I did wrong here here's a here's a loss pat mccory 2016 mm-hmm. uh-huh. oh my god that sucked yep that stung he, bad you know he was ahead of his time too yeah, he I, fought the war the culture war before trust was, me i know yeah i know and stuck to it and, i'm from north carolina i was mad as hell about that and so was because, i and like huh? he was right he was right <laughs> A hundred percent right. And, but, but it was never his comfort zone because he wasn't known for that. He's not a culture warrior. Mm-hmm. He was a mayor forever. Right. So I, you know, I, that, that was a, 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 that was a tough loss. I mean, George Allen losing in 2006 was <clears throat> against my, my childhood idol, you know, yeah. Jim Webb, yeah. you know, jarhead of jarheads um, was, you know, lose by 7,000 votes, which was one vote by, per precinct um the old, that, the old macaca campaign oh god almighty and, and and i mean that you know so you learn from those and and there was this point where i was you know some of my losses were so close mm. you know cuccinelli was two points bob stefanowski in connecticut in 2018 against uh, uh this is a guy who'd never run for anything let alone voted <laughs> yeah and when wins the nomination by peti- we petitioned to get on the ballot which had never been done before in the state's history. Mm. And uh, serious dude, former CEO of uh, the CFO of UBS. I mean, this is a serious guy. Um, 
lose by two points. I mean, I was these these. I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong that I'm losing these close races? And um, I'm getting you know these races to where they need to be to win, but there's just not that. So there is that agony of defeat, Mm -hmm. you know that. and I literally think that that um, that experience, then rolling into Wisconsin, knowing how important that race was, and knowing that there's just not one stone that you can, you know. And and Ron was like from the beginning, like we've got to make sure these sons of bitches don't steal it. Yeah. We got to make sure they don't steal it. And so we we started suing in june mm-hmm. everybody and their mother mm-hmm. we stopped drop boxes we stopped the zuckerberg i mean all this stuff that everybody was trying to get done in 20 but never accomplished mm-hmm. you know we did it very early in wisconsin it was mostly because i'm on the phone screaming at the lawyers and if they i just said look guys you either listen to me or i'm putting senator on the phone with you. <laughs> and for it's once get worse for once there was somebody meaner and nastier than me <laughs> and that was him because he was like look i'll you know and and because he was very passionate about it and he knew that and he you know people would like laugh and roll their eyes but he, no the smart thing knew. is to make sure you do it before election day then we be mad about it after yeah exactly yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I think because we we paid so much more attention to all those different aspects and all those different details. And, you know, and I know Rick Scott got a lot of shit for the committee. Did he? Oh, weird. Who who told him? I'm just saying, I just I read somewhere that he got a lot of shit. But in in Wisconsin, (laughs) it worked. It worked. It worked, but at least in Wisconsin it worked. But but I, but That's I good. at least we had one out of fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I ain't getting in the middle of that one, although I may have just have, but unintentionally. But but um, but Ron was just very so much focused on that. So I, you know, I mean, I guess no, the agony, the complicated like mind of Chris Lassenbier. <laughs> I mean, it's just I can't give you an answer. I listen. He's one of the most talented operatives in the business. I have known him for years. He's a good man. There is nobody that you want fighting on your side more than Chris Lasavita. He won't, won't give up until the very end. Thanks for joining us. Guys, you, think the big man, you think the big man would join us here at some, time, some point? You know, I think so. Because yeah. he does this. Yeah. I mean, he did uh, He did a couple, you know, he did full send podcasts. I know it. <laughs> it I watched hilarious. it. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was hilarious. It really was good. Well, I think we could have a good Well, time. you'd have to be prepared to have your balls busted horrifically. So. Listen, I've been, yeah. I've been in a lot of meetings. I've been in a lot of meetings. There was plenty of ball busting. I'm well well acquainted. No, listen, Chris, thank you for joining us. Josh, appreciate your time. John. Guys, yeah, appreciate it. Been good awesome. Man, that guy is just the best. He really is. I mean, I've you know, you and I have known him for decades. Yeah, and have worked with him on a whole bunch of different things. Say what you will about the Trump campaign. Say what you will about Donald Trump. I'm sure most of our audience has a definitive opinion. They either love him or hate him. Sure. But when you're looking at competence and how you execute a campaign, it's hard to look past a guy like that mm-hmm. and say they're not doing something different this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they they sound so confident. The numbers back it up. I, it, I appreciate he had the time to tell us that. I mean, it was a great interview. And again, another great showcase. I think we've done it. Mm-hmm. I think so. Absolute banger 
of an episode. Gentlemen, thank you so much, Chris, for coming on to the program. No thanks to Michael Duncan for not I hope he can up. make it back. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, so, until next time, Minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless.